0: Hello, welcome to the In Aught and Wonder podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Hamilton. This is the fourth episode of the month, so in the format I've been using, that means we'll be looking at the story behind one of our great songs and hymns of the Christian faith. We will look at the people who wrote these beautiful hymns and we'll read the lyrics. I'll provide a link in the show notes to click where you can listen to the hymns that we talk about. So today we are going to be looking at the hymn Joy to the World. We use it today as a Christmas carol. In my research, I could only find that it was definitely used around Christmas time or the Advent season because it was originally released around Advent time. But we could think about singing it at other times, not just at Christmas. I was at a church once where they did sing Joy to the World at some other random time in the year. So that was just kind of neat. I enjoyed that. Joy to the World was written by Isaac Watts, which we looked at last month, a hymn called When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross, which was also written by Isaac Watts. So to get a little bit more information on him, if you're interested, I would recommend going back to that podcast episode where I will link in the show notes and I gave a little bit more background information about him. So from the book, Then Sings My Soul, book two, this is what it says about joy to the world. Until Isaac Watts came along, most of the singing in British churches was from the Psalms of David. The church, especially the Church of Scotland, had labored over the Psalms with great effort and scholarship, translating them into poems with rhyme and rhythm suitable for singing. As a young man in Southampton, Isaac had become dissatisfied with the quality of singing, and he keenly felt the limitations of being able to only sing these Psalms. So he invented the English hymn. He did not, however, neglect the Psalms. In 1719, he published a unique hymnal one in which he had translated, interpreted, and paraphrased the Old Testament psalms through the eyes of the New Testament faith. He called it simply the Psalms of David imitated in the language of the New Testament. Taking various psalms, he studied them from the perspective of Jesus and the New Testament and then formed them into verses for singing. I have rather expressed myself as I may suppose David would have done if he lived in the days of Christianity, Watts explained, and by this means perhaps I have sometimes hit upon the true intent of the Spirit of God in those verses further and clearer than David himself could ever discover. Watts' archenemy, Thomas Bradbury, was greatly critical of Watts' songs, which he called whims instead of hymns. He accused Watts of thinking he was King David. Watts replied in a letter, You tell me that I rival it with David, whether he or I be the sweet psalmist of Israel. I abhor the thought, while yet at the same time I am fully persuaded that the Jewish psalm book was never designed to be the only psalter for the Christian church. Joy to the world in Isaac Watts' interpretation of Psalm 98 which says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, in verse 4. As he read Psalm 98, Isaac pondered the real reason for shouting joyfully to the Lord. The Messiah has come to redeem us. The result, despite the now forgotten criticisms of men like Bradbury, has been a timeless carol that has brightened our Christmases for nearly 300 years. The composer, George Frederick Handel, who composed Messiah, used the words of Joy to the World, and he arranged some music for those lyrics. Later, the musician Lowell Mason, who also arranged When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, took Handel's version and rearranged it to be what we know the tune to be today for Joy to the World. So I'll read the lyrics of Joy to the World. There are four verses. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness, and wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and wonders of his love. So apparently the tune that Lowell made was called Antioch. I found a website that said, When sung to Antioch, the text is repeated in the second section, reflecting a particularly early American treatment of the melody called a fuguing tune. A fuguing tune was a compositional device initiated by American-born composer William Billings, where voice parts enter one after the other in rapid succession, usually repeating the same words so that is why the last parts of each verse repeat each other so thinking of the words to joy to the world which most of us do know most of the verses at least i'm going to read psalm 98 just to reflect on it's titled make a joyful noise to the lord oh sing to the lord a new song for he has done marvelous things With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. From verse 3, where it's saying, No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make... His blessings flow far as the curse is found. That is taken from Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. That says, And to Adam he said, which God is saying to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So the curse is talking about the curse of sin and pointing towards the fallenness and depravity of humanity from then on. And then to cross-reference that with Romans 5, verses 20 and 21, where we now have a Savior from that sinfulness and that curse. Romans five twenty to 21 says, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is certainly a reason to make a joyful noise to the Lord. In Psalm 98, the salvation was probably used to refer to a military victory. But now, in New Testament times, after Jesus' birth, crucifixion, for atoning for our sins and resurrection, imputing his righteousness on us, that can be applied as a spiritual victory. And that's the way that Isaac Watts wanted the psalm to reflect from back when it was written as a military victory to now in New Testament times showing a spiritual victory. And so another note there about singing this hymn at Christmas time is that Isaac Watts' intent and the way we sing it today focuses more on Jesus' second coming rather than his first coming, which we celebrate at Christmas. But we realize, too, that without his first coming, there wouldn't be a second coming. So it is fitting that we sing it at Christmas to reflect that. So I will leave a link in the show notes of a couple of short YouTube videos just kind of reiterating the history of this song. I hope you enjoy this hymn as much as I do, not only as a Christmas song, but any time of the year. transitioning to another thought now my kids are at the end of their school year they only have next week left and we are done and it is summertime my two oldest do have jobs for the summer and our 16 year old does have her driver's permit and a vehicle but she does not have her license yet so as of right now I'm still the taxi taking them back and forth to work and to whatever other activities they're involved in And I'm not sure how busy our summer will be. I do have a mountain of books, both physical books and on my Kindle that I really want to get read. And so I will be doing a lot of reading in my free time. But at the same time, I definitely want to keep on doing the podcast over the summer. And I feel like doing this format with doing an attribute or name of God, and looking at a psalm, looking at some martyr stories, and looking at some hymn stories is a nice format. It's fairly easy for me to get prepared and record an episode on those topics with the resources that I have. It just does feel like a whole bunch of potpourri, sort of. Like, um, you know, four different topics always rotating. And my intent was to do this for at least a season to get us through this school year and possibly the summer. And so I am rethinking, revisiting some old lists of topics and some ideas that I had to maybe refocus a little bit into some more interesting and current and relevant topics to today. I know all of this stuff, the history and all of that is very fascinating. I like it. I enjoy doing the research and learning new things about people and stories behind things. So I don't want to totally abandon that. But I am open to also some more current ideas. So I am open to suggestions. So if you have any, please, by all means, reach out and let me know what you would like to hear. And I can let you know if that's doable And we could even just do some Q&A sometime, maybe, where people send in questions and I'll try to address them. And we could also do either Q&A episodes or special topics, something like that, at least, if there's a month with five weeks where I would be posting. Stay tuned for some more good content. And if you love listening to podcasts and want some other good content, you can head over to the Christian Podcast Community, which this podcast is part of. It is found at podcasts.strivingforeternity.org. There are shows for women, for men, for parenting, about entertainment, current events, apologetics, and lots of theology there. So go over and check them out. And if you would like to get in touch with me, either for uh, asking questions for a QA and a episode or suggestions for topics you can email me at inawonderpodcast at gmail.com or you could leave a voicemail at 724-237-5319 and at the very least keep reading your bibles thanks for listening